Well, hello, everybody. Hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? This is the S. Anthony Thomas. This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast, episode number 444. Welcome back. Thank you for listening to the last episode. And thank you for spreading the word about the podcast, my friends. And thanks for letting everyone know that I am, in fact, back. And, of course, my voice is back. So thank you very, very much. Um, I'm going to call this episode Protecting the Diamond. And there's a reason for that. And what I, what I mean by protecting the diamond, I mean, and it, it affects different aspects of life. It, we can talk about it in the business standpoint. We can talk about it from uh, from a relationship standpoint. You know, we can talk about it in the sports aspect. There's a diamond in every relationship. Now, sometimes the diamond is an individual. And what I mean by that is, say, for the sake of argument, you have a business. Everybody's doing their thing in the business. But there's that one person who is the star of the business. Maybe they're the top salesperson. Maybe they're the CEO. Maybe they're the, you have to protect that person. And that person knows how important everyone is, but everyone else knows we have to protect that person. We are maximized if that person is here. You got to do it, right? And it, But it doesn't always have to be a person. It could be a collection of people. If you have a mastermind group, we'll talk about that in a little bit. And I heard about a mastermind group when I was a kid when I read the book, Think and Grow Rich. Essentially, it's a collective of people that supports each other. You can think about it as the diamond as the quarterback or the best scorer on the basketball team. And in the course of and in the case of a relationship, the diamond is the relationship itself, not the individual people. You are two individuals. But when you come together, there is a third thing that is created, the relationship. And that is the most important thing because you two have chosen to be together, whether you're husband and wife or whether you're two people that are living together and getting it on regularly. The, you two are the most important people in the world. You are the most important person in the world to that person. And that person should be the most important person in the world to you unless you have kids and then that kid becomes part of it. If you notice relationships that work the best, they protect the diamond, the relationship. You kind of fall into patterns and habits that make the relationship better. The ones that fall apart, the ones that I've been that sucked, where neither one of us protected the diamond. We were too busy being selfish. I want this. I want that. Now, obviously, this is the 20-something-year-old version of me, right? I went a whole six minutes without sex. This is some bull stuff. You know how it is, <laughs> right? And I'm not going to identify what her problem was, because if I do that, you'll know the girlfriend that I'm talking about in this particular case will know I'm talking about her. And I don't want to do that. But her problems were just as annoying as me being annoying. Right. But in a relationship that you see work, they protect the diamond. And what they do is they make sure their habits are habits that enhance the relationship. Say for the sake of argument, you're living with a spouse. And one of you is a neat freak. And one of you loves to cook. So you don't have to tell the cook. They like cooking, so they do the dinners. The neat freak. The neat freak loves cleaning. I know people that literally love cleaning. When you mess something up, they don't go, oh, they're like, ha, yeah, spill some more stuff. Yeah. They talk about something being spilled the same way people talk about getting it on or watching an adult film. Like, yeah, do that stuff. Not that I know what an adult film is. <laughs> don't judge me. Shut up. Back to the story. Right? I'm serious. I've seen people. So I, I, oh, I'm not going to identify this person either. I'm at the house hanging out with the friends and I saw somebody messing up the kitchen, not intentionally, but I looked at the person's face and her face started to light up. Right. And I'm thinking at first I thought she was getting angry, but she was like, 
I get to clean some stuff. <laughs> and I've had, I've had some of my guy friends are the same way. Look at them here. I get to wipe up the counter with my double joy lemon fresh. <laughs> I wish those two, those two, the weird thing about it is those two should have probably gotten together. No, they would have killed each other, but you get the point, right? Well, what happens is, and I've been in relationships like that where, you know, if you get back to the spot first, whoever gets home first begins whatever housework needs to be done. If the floor needs to be vacuumed, you vacuum the floor. If the food needs to be cooked, if it hasn't been prepared, you cook the dinner. Sometimes you get home a little earlier than she does. Sometimes she gets a little home a little earlier than you do. And you fall into the pattern. And it kind of evens itself out, almost like an every other day type thing. Right? So you don't have to spell out what errand the other person have to, has to do. You don't have to spell out what job. You fall into a pattern. And some people, they just go, you know, I'm going to do the cooking. Right? And then you, as the person who's not doing the cooking, you give them a break sometimes. And, I, and the person, I'll do the cleaning. And then you give them a break doing the cleaning. But it all kind of evens out. But then there becomes the problem. One day, when you're normally home earlier, and you take over the cooking or the cleaning or whatever it is, but you get caught in traffic and the other person comes home earlier than you do and then they start doing the cleaning or the cooking, whatever it is. And you're sitting there going, huh, I'm so used to cooking or cleaning at this particular time and now I don't have to. Hmm. I guess the next time I wake up and I know I'm not going to feel like cooking, I guess I'm going to find some traffic <laughs> and you start doing that crap and all of a sudden the person realizes wait a second I'm doing all the cooking and the cleaning and this fool keeps showing up late talking about this traffic and they look on TV it's right in the news today I just want to like to say that if there's anybody at home watching right now you should probably going to do any errands you want to do because right now there is absolutely no traffic anywhere in the tri-state area. So if you have a spouse that says that they're caught in traffic because they're too much of a piece of crap to come home and do their share of the chores, I would like to let you know right now that it, we, I personally, if it was me, I would withhold sex and accidentally elbow them in the chest during when he's asleep. <laughs> Back to you, Bill. <laughs> Because they figure out what you do and they figure out you're trying to be slick. And all of a sudden you start a fight and that starts a chain of events where everything, either, even if you don't divorce, you're kind of looking at each other like, you piece of crap. I can't believe you did that fake traffic crap, right? And then she passive aggressively tries to find traffic and you're like, I know the trick. I'm the one that originated the trick, woman, right? And I'm not definitely not talking about me. <laughs> don't judge me. Shut up. Back to the story. But the ideal situation is you guard the diamond. The diamond is the relationship. I tried to create a collective, like I said, mastermind group from the book Think and Grow Rich. I tried to find a collective of performers that were great performers or we could be really good friends, right? And it's and, and the ideal situation is that everybody is really, really super good at their job and what they're doing, actors, comedians, whatever we're doing as a collective, right? And we have to be really good friends. And, I, and there's a type of friendship I like to call don't put the dog out friend, right? That's the kind of friend that's so close to you and is, you spend so much time together, you're around each other so much that when you come to the house, they don't have to put the dog away, right? I had a bunch of friends like that. I had a couple friends, had Rottweilers, I had friends that had pit bulls and stuff like that. I can walk right into their house. I'm not going to get attacked by the dog. Why? Because I've known the dog since it was a puppy. The dog's five years old right now. Now, to the dog, 
my friends or their parents. And to me, I'm the beloved uncle that comes by. The dog lights up and gets excited, wagging his tail, jumps on my lap, and licks my face. Why? Because I'm not some stranger coming to the house. I've been in this dog's life since the dog was a puppy. I'm that good a friend with these people. And if you can find friends, don't put the dog away friends and they're talented artists and they believe in the collective. You got something special there. If you can find four to six, including yourself, four to six people like that, who you're that close with and who are that good as artists, well, you're in good shape. Because if you're that good, all four of you are not going to fall off at the same time. It's usually going to be one person, maybe two at the most. The other two are going to be hot, right? And let's be honest, the two of you that are on or the three of you that are on, you hook the friend up with some projects, some information, some this, some that, and you pull them back up and everybody's strong again. And even if you all four fall off, let's be honest, you're going to have enough of a core audience where if you come together on a project, you can pull all the audiences together. It'll be, it'll revive all of your careers. You can protect each other. But it was very difficult for me to do that because I, a lot of the people that I knew were nice people, good people, really solid performers. We were cool, but they just didn't buy into the collective. Everybody thinks that you're just that you're just sharing all resources. That's not what I said. I said everybody does their own thing, but we do keep an eye out on each other because the stronger the collective is, the stronger the individuals in the collective are. When you're on a comedy show. And I've done a billion and a half of those. I didn't want my opening acts to suck. I knew people that intentionally, <laughs> this is so weak, would get acts in front of them that were okay. So they'd look better. They'd get acts that were okay. I remember seeing a guy and he, he booked this, this act and I'm watching the guy's act on stage. It's some kind of really bad magic act that the kind of act that you can find in a book. And it was like, and the audience was like, eh, yeah. The, I mean, he was a pleasant cat. He did a nice job, got a little nice little applause after he was over. But he wasn't a really good act. He wasn't even a full-time comic. He was somebody who did another job, right? He was, you know, half the time he was spent trying to hit on the waitresses, right? So, I mean, you know, he just wasn't that good. And he was, you know, was a young guy, and, you know, eh. But because he was good and this guy was, eh, he thought it made him look better. And I'm like, I didn't want to say, like, dude, stop being a punk. Stop being a punk. I mean, you're the headliner of the show. He's doing 15, 20 minutes. You're doing an hour and 15 minutes. Even if he's better than you, you're on stage longer. So they're going to like you more. And, and and why would you? I never put anybody weak in front of me. I put I put monsters in front of me. I put killers on in front of me because I want my whole show to rip the game. I'm not putting punks on in front of me. I would never do that. Right? Because the stronger the show is, the stronger that act is. And the stronger I am, the stronger the show is. The collective, the diamond. You guard the diamond. What's the diamond? The show. It's not just about me. It's not just about him. It's about what does this audience see? The show is the diamond. Protect the diamond. We go to sports now, right? We all know the most important person on the team. And everybody's important. But there's always a most important person on the team. On a football team, it's the quarterback, right? So what happens when a guy hits the quarterback too hard? The offensive linemen accidentally fall down on the guy on the next play, right? If a if a cornerback blitzes and hits the quarterback and he hits him a little too hard or slams him down in a way that's not necessary or he hits him after the ball is thrown and he, he, it's okay, I guess, to hit the guy, but he, he goes a little or he leans on the guy, he lands on him. 
we all know that there's going to be a play called where that guy is going to be drawn into a block by someone 100 pounds heavier than him, and he's going to get his rock. He's going to get his head cracked. Why? Protecting the diamond. You can't let your quarterback get hurt. If they knock out your quarterback, your chances of winning the game drop dramatically. And if he's out for a long period of time, your chances of getting into the playoffs, and even if you get into the playoffs winning the Super Bowl, drop dramatically. You can't let anybody get to the quarterback. He's going to get hit, but you can't let anybody get any cheap shots or rough him up. Why? He's the diamond. You gotta protect the diamond. And that's not even just the people on the offense. And for those overseas, I'm talking about American football, not football or what we call soccer. Here, I'm talking about NFL football. Even the defense gets in on it. Right. They're not even on the same field at the same time as the the guy who hits the quarterback. But they're thinking, oh, you're going to hit our quarterback like that. OK, you want to play those games. OK, you hit our quarterback late. We're going to bust your quarterback in the mouth. How about that? And if we can't get to your quarterback, we're going to get somebody. Oh, is that your receiver coming across the middle of the field? I think it's OK for me to crack this guy in his face. Fifteen yard penalty doesn't matter. We're up by 21 points and the 15 yard penalty only gets him up to the 30. So I, it's worth it. I just won't do it again and get thrown out of the game. But we did send the message. You see it in hockey. They literally have in hockey a player who is an enforcer. This guy doesn't even have to be that good at scoring goals or even attempt to score goals. His job is to go out there and bust you in the mouth if you if you beat up one of their one of their if you beat up their top player. If you beat, like, if you, if you hit, we'll go back because I don't really know hockey that well, but if you hit Gretzky in the mouth, you know there's going to be somebody that's going to show up and crack you in the throat. You know it's coming. You hit one of these great players, they're their diamond, the guy that scores the goals and sets up the goals. You hit that guy, you cheap shot that guy, you got to, people drop the gloves and hockey for fighting. That's the only sport that I know of where it's like, listen, uh, the referee's like, what fight? I didn't notice any fight. I'm definitely not going to stop this fight. For, okay, one guy gets, gets getting beaten down. Okay, uh, you sit in the penalty box even though you really don't score any goals and the only reason you're on the team is to beat people up. <laughs> you know, I've done some comedy shows where uh, some hockey teams were in the audience and and uh, you know, I'm, you know, you're taking pictures and you're signing stuff. And I wasn't famous. I was like regionally known. So they they it was like a regional type team. And they had heard me on the radio and see me on some local TVs and stuff. And um, not done a lot of shows in the area. So they wanted me to sign some stuff and, and take some pics up. And uh, so I'm sitting there going, you guys are bigger deals than me. I'm just some chump telling jokes. You guys, you know, you guys playing 5,000 seat stadiums or whatever this little hockey rink. You know, so they want me to sign some stuff. And you could automatically tell who was the guy, who were the people that scored the goals. And you could automatically tell who the enforcers were. You could, t- even if you had your, even if you put a blindfold on and just shook your hand, shook their hands, you could tell which one was the enforcer on the team. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. And, and, and let's be honest. I grew up hood adjacent and, uh, we had, a, we had friends that were the enforcers of our pack of friends. Now they weren't criminals, but they were the kind of guy that like, if it came down to it, we knew that this guy could whoop most people's behinds if it came down to we could all scrap, we could all fight, but this bastard, this guy here, Jack, I mean that bastard, we were it was one of the kind of guys, you know, I'm glad we're friends with this guy, that kind of situation, if you understand what I'm saying. He was an enforcer, right? So it was like that. Even in the hood, back then, 
they kind of guarded the diamond. And the diamond in the hoods would be people like me who were the entertainers or the singers or the athletes. And I was a pretty smart kid in science. They, they, they protected us. Oh, get out of here, man. You don't want to be around here right now. They protected the diamond. They weren't, you know, they didn't try to recruit us or anything. Right. They protected the diamonds. And that's what it was. You know, anybody or even people who are just like, you know, just like, like, it's like you know, you're going through a regular job, not causing any trouble. They would stay. They keep that crap away. Nowadays, they're like, ain't my problem. Blah, blah, blah. But back then, they keep that crap away from you. They protect you. Right. But one of my favorite things is the enforcers in basketball, because basketball really isn't a really big contact sport. I mean, it's a contact sport in some ways, but not like the way hockey is or football, where, you know, you can find a way to knock a guy on his face. But remember, the bad boy Pistons back in the 90s, man, they had enforcers on that team, you know? And you have a top scorer, like when Michael Jordan would go to the basket and the and the, <laughs> the Detroit Pistons were like, yeah, every time he goes to the basket, dump him on his ball head, bust him in the mouth, drop kick his ass, whoop him, whoop him, whoop him bust his ass and that's what they did to jordan they busted his ass every time he went to the basket and they do that to any any good player any good player even nowadays they get into good player but what happens is just like in hockey it's like in football more so in, in basketball or, or hockey and basketball you kind of get a guy on that's good you know he'll score you eight nine points a game get you 10 rebounds but we really know why he's there okay we know exactly why this guy's there right your your best your, your your shooting guard scores thirty points in the first half, and the other team's like, "Oh hell no!" And they trip him, bust him, hit him in the balls, knock him down. Oh, we did I step on your ankle? Oops! And then the coach goes, "Beep, timeout." Well, we're gonna take a timeout right now because the player who's busting that other team's ass was kicked in the balls and had his uh, neck stepped on. He seems to be fine, but they're gonna put him on the bench and uh, give him a little bit of a rest. And he's being replaced by, uh, this is a new player they actually just signed on a 10 day contract right before the, before the playoffs. Uh, and I think they signed him to a long term, uh, to a, you know, to a two year deal. Uh, he actually, his name was Bill Smith, but, uh, when he got signed by the team, he legally changed his name to, uh, is this really his name? He really changed his name to this? Bill Asswhip? He changed his name to Bill Asswhip? That's right, Johnny. He changed his name to Bill Aswell. I don't know why he changed his name to Bill Aswell, but this is the first time we're actually going to get to see him play. So, you know, I don't, I don't know why. Well, he's out there and he's passing the ball. No, no, no one's passing the ball to him. He's just walking up to the guy that, well, that's the guy that actually stepped on their top player's throat and kicked him in the balls. And oh, yow! I think we, I now know why he's called Bill Aswhip. Mainly because for those of you that are listening on the radio, he just whooped that dude's ass. Ah, wow. Plausible deniability, he acted like he was going up for a rebound and elbowed the guy in the neck and then fell down on him. Uh, so he got a technical foul, so he's still in the game. And, uh, wow. Should have changed his name to Bill Assault. Goodness gracious. Oh. <laughs> right? You know what I'm talking about. So, like I said, you got to guard the diamond. You know, like a... You got to guard the diamond. You know, so if you have a group of friends, collect a group of friends. I'm, I'm in the process now. When I start doing stand up again, I'm going to get a group of comics together. Hopefully I can build the mastermind group of people, even in the podcasting world, a mastermind group of people where we all do our own thing. We're all building our own kingdoms and queendoms, right? But we still look out for each other. You know, like I said, we're not all, no one's, go, we're not all going to fall off at the same time. 
You know, somebody's going to slide a little bit. Someone's going to get a little burned out. Someone's going to lose a little bit of this. Someone's going to lose a little bit of that. But you got to make sure you guard the diamond. Find the collective. Whether the collective is your spouse and children, guard that diamond. The diamond is the relationship, right? If you have a group of friends, guard the diamond. The diamond isn't the individuals in the group. The diamond is the relationship. And in business, it's the same thing. Get a group of people together that's great, that are, you know, like I said, don't put away the dog friends. And guard the diamond. The diamond is the relationship. So you know what the diamond is for you. And when you find out what the diamond is for you, guard that bastard, okay? Okay, cool. Well, folks, this has been episode number 444 of the S. Anthony <clears throat> Actually, I actually just changed the name of the podcast. It's actually currently the S. Anthony Says Podcast, but apparently just now I changed the name of the podcast to the S. Anthony when I cleared my throat. And no, I'm not editing that out. I like to keep it real. (laughs) Thank you for coming back and listening to the podcast. Do me a favor, my friends. If you got this far, it means you like the podcast and you love my smooth tones. And how couldn't you? In fact, I love my smooth tones too. Hold on. Me. Ah, that's great. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I might edit that. I might edit that part out, <laughs> or maybe not. Listen to this podcast this far. That means you like it. Thank you for listening. Rate and review this podcast, my friend. Five stars, and if there's six stars available, six stars. Okay. Recommend this podcast. Anyone that you think would like this podcast, which of course means the other eight billion people on the planet. <laughs> Moving on. And, uh, you know, reblog it, retweet it, share this podcast. If you see my, my links on Twitter or whatever, make sure you, you let everybody know about this podcast. And I know some of you have been doing it already, and I appreciate you. Make sure you subscribe. Much love to you all, and I will see you again next time. And remember, guard the diamond, you bastards. <laughs> Take care. Much love to you.